Welcome to Coffee with Sellers. I'm Mike Bryant, founder and CEO of Prime Seller Solutions. We transform e-commerce ownership from overwhelmed to overjoyed. We believe that every e-commerce business owner should enjoy the freedoms that come with entrepreneurship. Stick around at the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. With me today is Anthony Seraldi from Top Dog Community. That's go.topdog.community. Anthony, thank you for joining us today. The first question I have for you, are you a coffee drinker? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I actually still have a cup right here. Outstanding. I do too, as well. That's that's good. We have, we've got commonality. Fantastic. So I, I, let's ask the other important question. Black, cream, coffee, sugar, what do you got? So I like... Um, I use stevia instead of sugar. Okay. Nice. So stevia, and then I use a almond milk creamer, basically. Very good. It's delicious. Very good. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm just going black this morning. I do like sometimes a little cream, but today we just go with black. Thanks so much. Just straight awesome. black, no sugar. Nope. Yep. I I, I cut out sugar uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, so I stayed with it on the coffee's front too. So. Yeah. So yeah. Well, cool. Well. Thanks for joining us today, Anthony. It's it's great to have you with us. So the first question I have for you is give us a little background on uh, how you got into e-commerce. Um, and uh, yeah, go, let's take it from there. Yeah, sure. So um, from an early age, basically, I knew I wanted to do something in business. My father has been a business owner for probably 50 years now. Um, but straight out of high school, I went into finance because I wanted to do something that makes good money. Um, and I went to Hofstra Business School, got my uh, business management degree there. And the whole time I was working in finance, I started in a bank and kind of moved my way up into like brokerage. But in the midst of that, um, I became a financial advisor and I was doing all that. So like consulting with people and helping them. But I always wanted to do something else, right? That was for me. And so I kind of got into ATMs actually first. And uh, that was an interesting thing. So ATMs are really cool because you would make passive income. But I was in college, didn't have a lot of money to keep expanding it. So I let my buddy keep it and take over it. And uh, my best friend growing up, who's actually my dad's business partner's son. Um, and again, they've been in business for like 50 years together. He, I was at his house and he was selling on eBay. And I saw him with his laptop open and I saw how much money he was doing on eBay. And I was like, wow. So it got me thinking, this is like 2015. I wonder if you could sell on Amazon. I was an Amazon shopper. Uh, but always thought I was just ordering from Amazon, like a lot of people think, you know, and um, I started doing some research. There wasn't really much content out yet back then. Like there wasn't a lot of courses. I found some cheap like Udemy course. It was the only thing I could find. And I learned like the basics of private label. Um, so we kind of did that together. And then that same year, I went on a sourcing trip to China. So I oh, went wow. to uh, Iwu, China, which is a lot of very small factories. And so I went there. Um, by that point, I already had a product up. The first product that I launched was a 32-ounce stainless steel tumbler. This was back before it was saturated. There was only really Yeti and Arctic. And um, it went okay, but we obviously didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't really differentiate it. By the time we got on the market, there was a million other people selling them. Um, so that was like my first entry into Amazon. Then I became obsessed and I wanted to learn everything I could. And as more content became available in courses, like Kevin King's Freedom Ticket, um, I bought all of them. Like I was a course junkie and just went through everything I could to learn more and tried a lot of different business models. I went from, because private, the first product didn't work out, 
from there, I went into trying wholesale and trying RA, OA, uh, liquidations even with return goods. So I tried everything and it always put me back to private label. And sure. so then we started figuring things out and we put together a whole process and we can kind of talk about how I found success, but that was kind of the initial journey into it. And then the rest is history at this point. Sure. Sure. So uh, take us back to that epiphany moment when you realized that, and maybe you, you saw it a little bit with the, with the Tumblr, but where that, that one product like just went to the stratosphere. Take us back to that time. Yeah. So basically after the tumblers, it took about a year to sell out of it. And I had no idea if we were making money or not because nobody taught us how to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything about a PL. Um, and then so eventually I we we started doing some RA and stuff, and we were selling these mason jars, just ball mason jars, okay. full pack on the current listing. And I thought to myself, I knew that in order to have your own listing, you needed to have something different so that you don't have the same sellers competing on the listing. Sure. And so we, my business partner, I talked to him like, okay, what can we bundle with this that we could private label so that this way we can have our own listing. And so we talked about a lot of different things, maybe labels, whatever. We came across jar openers, right? These rubber jar openers that were made here in the USA that you could use to open up the jars. So it was the perfect bundle combination. And I went direct to Ball, got an account with them and was ordering wholesale from them. But I was doing a hybrid of wholesale and private label. Yep. So what we did was we bundled the four pack with the jar openers. We had to do that here in the US in a prep center, yep. sent them into Amazon and it took off. I mean, it was like crazy. And so we just added every variation you could think of because there's so many sizes. <laughs> and then even in like a 32 ounce jar, you have two different types of openings. You have a regular yeah, the, the and then you have a wide mouth. mouth. Yeah, so yeah. That was the first shot of success. And then it got me thinking, <clears> wow, <throat> how can I test more products? Like how can I get just like small quantities of a lot of different things, put them up on Amazon and see how they do? Because by this point, we were starting to make some good revenue. Uh, we found these gender reveal confetti cannons. Okay. Uh, back then, nobody was really selling them, but there was a lot of demand. And I was following the strategy of like find keywords that are very specific, but nobody's really targeting it yet. Right. And so I found a local manufacturer in the US to get them from and just like put them up generic was working well, but you could only sell them FBM because they have compressed air. Uh, in them. Sure, sure. And I wasn't approved for hazmat. But basically in this interim, I started helping another brand and I was working at his warehouse. And the interesting thing about him was they have a, pr a promo company. So like pens and little tchotchkes oh, and sure. put their brand names on it. But what he did was they took like 80 of those products just put their brand name on it and threw them up on Amazon. No idea what they were doing. And they did like a million dollars overnight. <laughs> and so that got me thinking, wow, it's a numbers game here. I just need to get more products up and find the ones that work and cut the ones that don't. Sure. So I started developing a process around that of testing products, figuring out how to negotiate with suppliers to get like a small sample order of like 25, 50 units, throw them up on Amazon, see which ones sell with no, with no reviews just very easily. And then just scale them from there. So the jar open, uh, the jar, the jars were the first successful product. And then after that was our own version of the confetti cannons. And what happened was Amazon reached out to us because, you know, I guess once you do like a certain level oh, in sure. FDM sales, they'll invite you in to the hazmat program. Gotcha. So they invited us into hazmat, and I was able to become prime by sending the cannons to like the right 
fulfillment centers that Amazon allows you to send it to you. The thing that's, that wasn't great about it is you can't use their partner carrier service. Uh -huh. So you don't get that discount. You have to use your own UPS account. And their cost was like double of what it uh -huh. would be if you could use their partner carrier. Sure. So, but we started sending them in and the sales just like exploded on those because nobody else was FBA at that point. Oh, there was sure. really nobody there. And so that did really well. And then we just kept testing more and more products. I mean, I found this one product. It was a cowbell. We saw that people were just selling like generic cowbells on Amazon. Like these are ones for like parties where you go to like football games. It's like a noisemaker, not like a cowbell for a cow, you know? Sure. No, no. It's it's those annoying ones that show up at football games and you just, yeah. just like to do something with those cowbells. Exactly. And so then I figured, okay, where could I get like a small sample of these? And I would always try to find like the test order somewhere here in the US so I could test okay. it fast. And I just went to Ace Hardware and they actually had it at Ace Hardware. <laughs> and I picked up like 20 of them, paid full price for them and threw them up on Amazon and they worked. So then I went and sourced them and had to have like a mold made and everything else because it didn't exist. That was my first venture into making molds. And we had our own version of that. So we just continued to do that over and over again, just sure. testing products, find the ones that work and, and scale from there. And then we just started shooting up in like, you know, revenue until the pandemic came and then nobody was having parties anymore. So the gender reveal confetti cannons went to crap. And then we couldn't get any more mason jars from Ball because they stopped taking uh, orders sure, for sure. years. So that went out and we had to pivot from there. We created our own version of the mason jars. Like we completely redesigned it, made it better. And then we eventually launched our own of those. So that was kind of like how we pivoted during the pandemic to try to recover from there. Sure. No, that's great. That's great. So where's where's uh, where, where are you at today? I think that's a, that's another question. And then go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, the beginning of this year, I made the decision to decide to try and sell the brands. Right. Um, my business partner wasn't actively involved anymore, so it was kind of all the work was falling on me. And over the last four years, I got into helping other sellers and teaching them how to, you know, build a business. And so I was kind of very busy with that stuff too. But I wanted to kind of reset, get out of the business with him and just take profit off the table. And the business was still profitable. So I was able to actually line up a buyer and I used Empire Flippers. It was a very lengthy process, but we were able to exit. I think it was back in May of this year. So we sold off all three brands. And uh, now I'm moving towards building another new brand this time without that business partner um, and be able to have that capital and just start over from scratch. And sure, do it again. sure. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. So in that process of selling the business, what, what advice would you give to your old self along the, along that process in terms of what I knew in that sale process, Ooh, I should have done. It could have probably gotten a, even more for it. I'm curious to hear what you had to say. Yeah. That. So, I mean, a lot of the same things you hear other people talk about with exiting, I would say that, for example, one of the mistakes I made was launching new products too close to the exit because that obviously hurts your profit and your EBITDA. So I would say the main thing is plan to not launch any new products at least six months to a year before you're going to exit and really focus on maximizing profit. So they look at a lot of different things and some things are add backs, some things aren't. But if you're like spending on crazy amounts of money on software and all these like unnecessary things, what I would say is that six months to a year before you need to be looking through your P&L in detail and cut out every single cost 
that you don't need so that you can show a higher profit number over that six to 12 months, because that will reflect in the amount that you get for the business, obviously. Sure, sure. Um, no, that's great. Outside of that, the other thing is to keep very detailed records. Now, that was something I was already doing. That's just how I am. But they're going to want you to go back at least two years and provide a lot of different things, such as you know your customs, your duty rates, all like your, your shipment orders and how much you paid and the average cost of goods. So you need to be keeping detailed records. But I would say in order to increase the actual amount that you get, you definitely want to cut as much expense as possible before mm -hmm. you're going to exit as far ahead as you can. Sure, but sure. you also want to keep a lineup of products in the pipeline, meaning that this way, when you go to sell it, you can show the buyer like, yeah, I haven't launched anything new within the last year, but these are what's on the roadmap to launch. So they already have like a plan of what they can do to grow the business. Sure, sure. Take us back to one other point, uh, setting aside the exit. If if you're still in it today, what advice would you give those to the newer, in the middle of their journey, uh, Amazon, Amazon, Shopify, Walmart, whomever, what e-commerce platform, take your pick. But what advice do you, would you give in terms of product selection and how you go through that uh, process? Yeah, so I mean, Amazon specifically, but I think it can apply to a lot of them. You know, I've learned obviously a lot over the years and I have redeveloped my strategy many times. And there's a lot of great tools now and with the advancements in AI, you know, right now we're actually working on a course for beginners. And the approach we're taking with it is there's so much that you can do to pre-validate a product before you even launch it on the marketplace. Whereas what I used to have to do is actually just send inventory in and test it to see what customers right. think. But now you have tools like PicFu and TeleV and all the polling softwares you can use, plus AI to help you really reimagine a product and develop it and add some kind of unique prop selling proposition to it. So the, the journey I would take is looking at, okay, if I'm in the product research mode, let me use something like ChatGPT, feed it all the reviews for, that I can find on the competition and ask it like, hey, what are the five pros? What are the five cons? What are the things that people or the features that are missing that we can improve? But if you're, if you're a newer seller, I wouldn't focus so much on developing something brand new from scratch. You wanna use prompts where you're asking ChatGPT to make visual improvements with minor product development, right? Sure, sure. You want to improve the product, but you don't want to have to create something from scratch. It's a very lengthy, expensive process. I've been through it. Um, so I would say, look at how you can utilize AI. And then before ever launching anything, remember your, your own worst enemy. So what I mean by that is you may think, okay, the way I should differentiate this product is I'm going to make it pink because nobody's selling it in pink. And that sounds like a fantastic <laughs> idea to you, but you don't know if the end target customer actually cares about that. And so utilize these softwares like PicFu or IntelliV and run polls and ask them, right? Put, put a picture of what you're planning to sell next to the three to five competitors and say, if you were shopping on Amazon, which one of these would you buy and why? And find out if you win. If you lose, you just saved yourself a bunch of money. Go Absolutely. back, read their feedback and improve upon what they said. You know, and a perfect example of this is one of the products I was selling I never realized that the actual logo on the product, people thought it was too big. And so when I ran these polls, that was a common feedback I was getting was to, uh, that the logo was too big compared to the competitors. Mm -hmm. So I just reduced it, re-ran the poll, and I beat the competitors 80 to 20. 
So even improving on products you have now, you can do that with tools like PickFu. Like you can instantly split test things and figure that out. But I would never launch a product now without at least confirming that people would prefer mine and how I've decided to differentiate it versus the competitors. So I think that's a really important expense to, to do. That's great. It's advice. 150, 200 bucks to confirm that. And you'll save yourself a lot of time and money by actually just pre-validating that. I think that time piece is so important because I, I know uh, when when I back in the day when I started, I started in 2017 and and it was let's like you the the, the point you made is let's let's throw everything at the my uh, throw everything at the wall and find out what sticks yep. a mile wide inch deep and that took you know months to get that figured out now there's all this. I know on the, like, I just on a, on a, if you want to do a headshot, there's a great website out there, Photo Feeler, that you can get instant feedback on, on a lot of great things. Um, and PickFu's the same way. So that's, that's great stuff. So yeah. Anthony, we've come to the end of our time. I thank you so much for, for coming on. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, where can people reach out to you if they want to uh, connect with you? Um, go ahead. Yeah. So they can find me on LinkedIn, Anthony uh, Seraldi, or you could just go to anthonyseraldi.com. Um, and of course, there's the Top Dog community, which is go.topdog.community. Um, and that's just a community for, you know, people that are already selling that want to collaborate. But yeah, I'm, I'm around and I'm always open to talking to other sellers and helping where I can. Yeah, that's appreciated. And if for the Top Dog community, if you use Mike B33, we'll put that in the show notes, Mike B33, you get 33% off uh, on membership there. So Anthony, thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon. Yep. Brian here. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee with Sellers. If you're an e-commerce business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit primesellersolutions.com. Look for the podcast link at the top and get signed up there. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to a friend or post it on Facebook or LinkedIn. If you know somebody who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Coffee with Sellers. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote this show and mean a lot to me and the team. Want to know more? Go to our website at primesellersolutions.com. That's primesellersolutions.com. Or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.